You are now entering the very world of Milton Jones. Good evening, I'm Milton Jones. I bought one of those off-road vehicles the other day. 3,000 quid. Got it home, found out it was a canoe. <laughs> the most peaceful Christmas I remember was when my mother mistakenly covered the cake with tamazepan. I remember one year for Christmas I wanted an action man. What I got was a plastic doll with a cord on the back and you pulled it and it went 25, 25, 25, 30, 35, 35, 35, 40. I looked at the packet, auction man. I don't know if any of you have been skiing, uh, but then how would I? <laughs> So here I am then, in the Arctic, about to die of exposure. How did I get here? I remember being hungry, soaked to the skin, attacked by vicious animals. Oh no, that was Newcastle. <laughs> but I didn't think it would end like this. My life begins to flash before my eyes. Here comes the angel. Milton Jones, I am the angel. Come to take you through a tape of your life. What are you doing here in the Arctic? Looking for Father Christmas. <laughs> Father Christmas? My parents brought me up to believe that Santa Claus didn't exist. Then one day, when I was about 11 or 12, they announced that he did exist after all. Really? I mean, I'd always been sceptical. I mean, how could he survive coming down all those chimneys? I mean, some children live in power stations. <laughs> Gradually, I became more and more concerned about how Santa Claus perpetuated class division by giving expensive presents to rich kids and cheap ones to poor ones. Come along. You don't need to take it so seriously. People have enjoyed the traditions of Christmas for centuries. I'll show you. Ah, Brother William. What are you working on for our celebration of the eve of the birth of Christ? Uh, my Lord Abbot, I have copied the account of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus. <laughs> yes, it's a very pleasing manuscript, William. Good work. And what of you, novice Adzo of Melk? I have copied an account of the journey to Bethlehem, my Lord. Ah, oh, yes, a most suitable topic to copy for this festive season. And you, Brother Milton? Well, as it's sort of our Christmas party, I've copied my bum. <laughs> Actually, that's rather good. So, what was Christmas like when you were a child? My parents didn't have much money. Every year, Mum would give us each a Christmas haircut. <laughs> then we'd sit down to Turkey with all the trimmings. <laughs> we may not have had much money, but Mum did everything she could to make sure we knew how to behave properly. Milton sits up. You wouldn't do that if the Queen was here. Oh, Mum. Eat your food properly. You wouldn't do that if the Queen was here. Sit down. Leave the record player alone. Why are you standing up so straight? Stop it. You wouldn't do that if the Queen was... Bother. So... What was it in your past that gave you the inspiration to be an intrepid Arctic explorer? Well, you know when you were at school and you used to wear a parka and it had a fur-lined hood? Yes. Good, wasn't it? 
<laughs> but I've always believed in the romance and adventure of going on exploring trips. Even back at college, I took Dungeons and Dragons very seriously. Yes, we can hear that now. Milton, are you going to clean up this kitchen? We've got someone coming round to look at the spare room later. How did they hear of this room of which you speak? Hey? Did the elders pass it down in runic form? Or was the message burned into the cliffs of Bagador by the evil orcs of Frenulum? Uh, no, no, I put a card in the newsagent's window. Behold! What? The magic rings. It is said they possess the power to glow in the darkness. Right, so it was you left the cooker on last night. <laughs> All that mess, look, it's burnt in now. Indeed, but fear not, my friend. Tomorrow I shall embark on a journey to seek out the legendary cloths of Jay. <laughs> Well, look, at least do the washing up. That vegetable curry's been there for weeks. Ah, but whomsoever can pull this wooden spoon from the pan <laughs> is surely the ruler of the spare room. Turn that off, you weirdo. Look, Milton, there are no dungeons, there are no dragons. Just get real. I'm off down the bar, and it better be done by the time I get back. Oh, well. Andrew! <laughs> Come down here and give us a hand with the washing up. <laughs> so tell us, how did you begin to look for Father Christmas? At first, I just turned up at a department store. Ho, ho, ho! Have you brought a child to see me? No, I've come to see you myself. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Um... If it's you who brings the presents, why do I have to spend the rest of the day thanking my parents and relatives? <laughs> yeah, um... Now listen! I know this because I've checked. At this very moment, there is a Santa in Debenhams, a Santa in Littlewoods, and another half-dressed Santa with a bottle of cider singing in the high street. <laughs> Have you perfected cloning? What? You're an imposter, aren't you? Why are you trying to fool hundreds of children? Security! Security? How secure do you think a child will feel when they discover you are just an unemployed actor with a false... Ow! Sorry, real beard. <laughs> Ouch! Tell your huge goblins to put me down. <laughs> So you set off in search of the real Santa. All the signs were pointing to Lapland, but it took me ages just to get out of London, because, as I say, all the signs were pointing to Lapland. <laughs> Did you have the right kind of clothing? You'll notice I'm specially dressed for these conditions. Wonderful coat. Thank you. No, wonderful coat. That's all I had. <laughs> Is that all? Wonderful bag. To put your things in? No, I was just thinking that you're a wonderful bag. <laughs> Give it here. Mm. Well, I know the most important things for this sort of trip are energy and morale. So the bag's full of Mars bars, and they're all fun size. <laughs> What's this? Mm. Oh, it's rather sweet. Mm. Ooh, no, it's actually rather sickly. Mm, that's Felicity Kendall mint cake. <laughs> here are more sweets with added menthol. What are they for? The huskies. <laughs> Have you got anything apart from sweets? Ah. Sausages wrapped in cling film. And, and what's this? One seal wood varnish? Yes, and it certainly does exactly what it says on the tin. Protects the sledge from the elements. No, it causes nausea and vomiting if you swallow it. <laughs> and this empty tin? Now that had pedigree chum in it. For the dogs? Ah. <laughs> You've always had a strange affinity for dogs, haven't you? Ah, yes. When I was younger, I starred as an animal impersonator in a famous radio drama serial. 
Willow Tree Farm. People, this is Milton, everyone. He's going to be joining us as a regular member of the cast of Willow Tree Farm, playing Mitch, the Welsh sheepdog. Morning, everyone. Morning. Morning, Milton. Morning. Morning. Sorry, I'm just finishing breakfast. You're not seriously eating dog food. Method acting. <laughs> it's just a dog. You're Farmer Gilbert's faithful old sheepdog. That's all you got to do. Got it? Yep. Uh, dog, I can do that. Good. Right. Recording. Take one. Here, Mitch. Here. Good lad. Who's a good lad? And good morning to you, Farmer Gilbert. <laughs> and how are you this fine morning? Down, lad. Down, old fella. I'm terribly sorry. Did, did I put paw marks on your jacket? Milton! Milton, no, he's a Welsh sheepdog. Oh, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Let's try again. Recording. Take two. Here, Mitch. Good lad. Good morning to you, Farmer Gilbert Bath. No, Milton, it's not what it says in the script, is it? What does it say next to Mitch in the script? Pants. Yes. That's what I'm wearing. He's a, he's a dog. It doesn't say anything. And you're going to pay me anyway? You're a dog, that's all. Not a talking dog, just a dog. Take three. Here, Mitch. Good lad. Come on, Mitch. Good lad, good boy, Mitch. Come on, Mitch. Mitch, come on. Good lad, good Matt, Mitch. Milton, why didn't you come in on your cue on the script? Oh, so I'm a dog who can read now, am I? <laughs> <laughs> As for the dogs who came with me on the expedition, eventually I had to let them go. Well, they were taking up valuable room on the sledge. <laughs> Besides, the Arctic is painfully short of pooper scoop bins. Those weren't sausages wrapped in cling film, by the way. Let's move swiftly on. By this time, you are in the evergreen forests of northern Sweden, and you try to make contact with the locals. How did you go about that? Well, I wanted to get away from all those Swedish stereotypes, so I just looked in the phone book. First name I came to, Abba. <laughs> The blonde one turned out to be living as a recluse on a local island. One day I rode out to meet her. Hello? Agnetha? Agnetha from ABBA? Is that you? I'm sorry, I don't give interviews. Okay, I understand, I'll go back. Thank you. But if you change your mind, I'm the first in line. <laughs> go away, I hate being reminded of those songs. I've got a gun. I'll take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, chance, chance. <laughs> Ow! My knee, my knee, my knee! <laughs> Mamma mia! Help! No, hang on, help was by the Beatles. Ah, I think I missed again. Now that's Phil Collins. <laughs> now surely I get to shoot at you. <laughs> Scan! Navia has given the world a lot of remarkable people. Amundsen, the explorer, he was Norwegian. Alfred Nobel, Swedish. Huckleberry, Finn. <laughs> I'll ignore that. Actually, my mum went to a Finnish polishing school in France. <laughs> or was it a Polish finishing school in France? No, that's right. It was a French polishing school, but she didn't finish. <laughs> 
Now, many intrepid explorers came from this part of the world. For instance, as early as the 12th century, the continent of America was discovered by Viking Leif Erikson. And just after that, he discovered the mobile phone. <laughs> really? Hi, Mum. Hi, Dad. How are you doing? I'm calling you on the mobile. I'm fine. Uh, since discovering America, I've just been roaming this vast continent trying to make a living by trapping rabbits. Hang on, sir, I'm losing you. I'm just going into a tunnel. <laughs> you know the woman who's the voice of British Telecom? Yes, I think so. She used to be one of my old maths teachers. I remember once she made me do this sum on the blackboard in front of the whole class. There you are, miss. I'm sorry. The number you've written has not been recognised. <laughs> Please try again. All right, miss. I'm sorry. The number you've written has not been recognised. Please try again later. Stuffy cow. I'm sorry. Would you repeat that? I'm waiting. Yes, the person knows you're waiting. <laughs> the answer to the sum will be 432. What is it, Jones? Mm, sorry, miss. I wasn't listening. At the first stroke... Ow! It will be 432... Precisely. I'm here with Milton Jones at the top of the world, where the sun is bright and the air is clear. Why don't you phone someone on your mobile? I'd never get through. I've got a Mercury. <laughs> so, who would you like to have a one-to-one -one with? Anyone outside London would be a start. <laughs> I see. Before that, I had one that only got through to Spain. Usually the same bloke. All in all, don't get a lingua phone. I'll try and remember that. I can't imagine you having any friends to phone anyway. That's not true. There was one job I had where I used to phone my girlfriend from work all the time. You put it down. No, you put it down. You put it down. You put it down. No, you put it down. Milton, listen, you're a vet. The dog's got rabies. You put it down. It's your job. <laughs> Anyway, I turned my back on the North Pole and went off in another direction. South? Mm, probably. <laughs> I spent weeks looking for Santa. My lowest point came when I awoke one morning to discover my guide had left me. She had school the next morning. I didn't realise you had anyone with you. She helped carry my luggage. Her father was a Sherpa. In fact, once he had a walk-on part in a carry-on film. Or was it a carry-on part in a carry-on film? <laughs> no, that's right. He had a walk-on part in the film Carrie with Cary Grant and Christopher Walken. What else has he done? Mm, loads. Hmm. <laughs> My new guide was German. We didn't get off to a good start. Wolfgang! Wolfgang! No, my name is Dieter. No, behind you, a gang of wolves! He seemed to keep the wolves busy long enough for me to get away. Perhaps he was one of those good food guides. I'm surprised you live for so long. You don't seem to have a clue about how to survive in these conditions. Ah, but I am a veteran of many a Winter Olympics. Once I entered the downhill slalom but I hit another skier, and then my canoe smashed to pieces. <laughs> another time, I entered the two-man bobsleigh event. <laughs> I, 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 come back! Let me get into the bobsleigh! <laughs>
There I was, on my last legs in the middle of the Arctic, sinking in the snow. Suddenly, out of the blizzard, an old man with rosy cheeks and a beard came staggering towards me. We both stopped and stared at each other. He smiled, and then with a twinkle in his eye, he said, Big issue! <laughs> at first, I pretended not to notice him. Big issue! Big issue! You need a big issue! <laughs> Apparently, the bigger and wider the shoe, the more you spread your load across the snow. Yeah. <laughs> we walked until, in the distance, I saw some flags. Soon we came to an ancient encampment. The old man explained. We are a Scandinavian community who have isolated ourselves from the outside world for hundreds of years. Although we have caught glimpses from time to time. For instance, my great-grandfather was on an iceberg near where the Titanic sunk. Wow. What was it like to actually be there? He said it was truly terrible. Just like the film, then. <laughs> Have you seen it? Of course! We worship the Viking god of cinema, Odeon. <laughs> Listen, I, I want to show you something. We are thinking of opening up to the world a bit more. Check this out. Wow! A huge storehouse of well-designed yet economical Scandinavian furniture. We call it Vikia. Would you like anything? I'll take these bunk beds. Oh, sorry, out of stock. How about this coffee table? Sorry, out of stock. Stylish but impractical pepper pot? Sure, join the queue. But as I looked, the queue stretched way into the distance. As I walked along, I realised that the people in the queue had been waiting there for years. At the front were the crew of the Marie Celeste. <laughs> then I began to see all sorts of other people who had mysteriously disappeared. Captain Oates from Scott's ill-fated mission. It's all right. I told them I'd be some time. <laughs> there were other mythical people from history, too. Well, since my baby left me, will I find a new place to dwell? Elvis! Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, excuse me, well, would you like my place in the queue? That's very kind of you, but what's mythical about you? I am the polite French person. <laughs> Amazing! Your grandfather was in this part of the world once? Yes, he was part of the ill-fated expedition to find the West Pole. <laughs> I sometimes take inspiration from his journals. Day one. Reach pole. Warmer and more populated than expected. Day two. Daylight reveals it to be pool in Dorset. Day three. Head north. The men are restless. This makes some of our snooker shots impossible. Day eight. Have slept for five days. Day nine, met Nun pulling equipment across ice. Christen her sister sledge. <laughs> Day ten, I am polar bear dung on the sole of my shoe. Sorry, that says 1 a.m. polar bear dung on the sole of my shoe. <laughs> Day eleven, desperate for food, eat penguin in snowstorm. Larger than expected. Day 12, the nun is missing. Milk 
Jones is confounding us with his astounding tales of adventure and incompetence. So, you're back in Vikea talking to their leader. So, what do you think? Mm, it's got a limited shelf life. What has? Those shelves. Billy! Was there someone under there? No, that was the name of the storage system. <laughs> but why'd you give them all those silly names? Sten? Talvig? <laughs> There was one back there called Inkvat. Inkvat? What does that mean? Including vat. <laughs> oh well, on with my quest. Good luck, my friend. And if you find Santa, ask him if he'd be interested in delivering our catalogues. <laughs> Milton Jones is about to freeze to death. This is where I need a visit from Thor, the Viking god of sudden temperature change. <laughs> I'll tell you what, as a special treat, I can show you what it would have been like if you'd been a fine, upstanding British hero. Okay, I know. Um, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I don't think I can raise the IQ that much. Um, tell you what, I can do you being his assistant, Dr. Jones. Ah, Dr. Jones, come over here by the window. Right, oh, Holmes. Now, I would wager, Jones, that this gentleman walking down Baker Street is to shortly pay us a visit. What can we deduce from his appearance? I don't know, Holmes. Astound me. Very well, my dear Jones. If one observes the cut of his top jacket, we can see it is of a continental style, most fashionable in Paris. And note his walk, affected in the Gallic manner. And he appears, ah, yes, yes, he appears to be whistling La Marseillaise. So, where might he be from? Borneo? <laughs> Or perhaps France. Try this one. He is clearly soaking wet, and yet the only rain over London this morning was a slight cloudburst over Clerkenwell. I'd say the fellow got wet from swimming through the Thames. Perhaps he lives underwater. I know. He is a fish. <laughs> Jones, I've known you for many years and now believe that you are the stupidest man in London. Amazing. <laughs> How can you possibly tell that, Holmes? Because throughout all our 94 adventures, you have never got a single deduction correct. Tell me, the patient you received this morning? Mrs. de Montfort? That's her, normally a slender lady, but since her marriage nine months ago, her midriff and bosom have swollen in size, and she complains of morning sickness. And what did you tell her had caused this condition? She'd been shot. <laughs> and you know the strangest thing? After careful examination, I discovered she'd eaten a tiny man who continued to live in her stomach. <laughs> I despair. I'm going to have to give you the sack. A sack? What for? No, I'm going to fire you. Like a pot in a kiln? We must separate. Ah, Siamese twins. No. Holmes, someone's strangling me. I know, it's me. <laughs> Have you any idea who the murderer is? <laughs> it was shortly after that that Holmes replaced me with Dr. John Watson, MD, an architect. <laughs> I don't understand. You found the Vikia encampment. So how did you end up about to die of exhaustion and exposure? I got lost in the car park. <laughs> I see. The weather closed in and I just gave up. Well, this is where I came in. Now, before I go, it's traditional to show you a few mishaps from other people's lives. Lord Buddha. Lord Buddha, wake up. Wake <laughs> up. <laughs> What is it, my son? Happy Christmas! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, and here's another one. 
We should consider time as the fourth dimension. Time is tangible. Time can be manipulated, stretched, and compressed in the same way as matter. Yeah, nice try, Stephen, but the bell's gone. <laughs> I'll serve you now, I could lose my licence. <laughs> and here's your last one. Gilbert Morris, you stand accused of unlawful harassment under the 1998 Stalking Act. Uh, I don't follow. Surely it's perfectly clear you're accused of stalking. No, that's my defence. <laughs> I don't follow. <laughs> well, goodbye. It's been uh, cold. <laughs> goodbye. Did you hear about that man from Birmingham who fought in the American army? While he was in Vietnam, he kept getting flashbacks to when he lived in Birmingham. <laughs> and did you always get an orange in the bottom of your stocking? And did people stop you in the street and say, hey, what's that liquid coming out of your shoe? <laughs> I guess everyone has those little family traditions, like covering your face with brandy butter and seeing how many pine needles you can get off the carpet without taking your hands from behind your back. <laughs> yeah? So, this is it. Hang on, what's that? Agnetha, you found me. I didn't have time to send out an SOS. Does your mother know that you're out? Stop it. Oh, you may as well shoot me. I, I'm going to die anyway. Yes, but the more Aberlines you do, the more slowly I'm going to kill you. So, I guess I finally met my, my Wellington and Napoleon having a large battle thing. That's right. Who's that behind you? I'm not falling for that. Ho, ho, ho. It's Santa. He's come to save me. No, I, I just couldn't help laughing at your predicament. <laughs> so you want your life to be spared, do you? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> oh! oh I, I shot you in the backside. No, you missed. But you have shot an ancient parchment with a picture of backside copied to it. <laughs> My ancestors kept it for posterity. <laughs> me realize I cannot live amongst people. I've got to go. Thank you for being so understanding. Thank you. For the music, the songs I'm singing. <laughs> Santa, I've got a snowmobile back at the encampment. Can you give us a lift in your sleigh? Sure, hop in. You can do the bells. Okay. Get up there. I'll tell you what I do. Why don't you have my brand new snowmobile instead of this old sleigh? You deserve it after all the service you've given to children everywhere. Are you sure? That's very kind. Actually, if you don't mind, I think you're overdoing that jingle a bit. Sorry, I thought we had to do it all the way. <laughs> there it is, my brand new snowmobile. Here are the keys. Thank you. It's just what I always wanted. I'll take the sleigh. <laughs> Get up now! Goodbye, Santa! Bye! What a nice young man. Right, how do you get things started? It doesn't work! Battery's not included. <laughs> You've done it to me often enough. <laughs> Bye! 
That was The Very World of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones. It also starred Dave Lamb and Joanna Scanlon. The show was written by Milton Jones, with Dan Evans, John Holmes and Andy Hurst, Mike Haskins, Mark Evans and James Bachman, Sean Pye and Tony Roach. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. Thank you.